You are listening to the Life Church podcast. To learn more about Life Church, our gathering times at any of our central Indiana locations, or our life crew online, visit us at lifechurchin.com or follow the link in the description. Today's talk is from Pastor Derek Lopez. But really, we have all these different special elements. We have special videos, we have the drums, the lights, and, and obviously the snow. But really, it's important that we keep Jesus at the center. Because without him, there's no Christmas. And so we're going to talk about that today, how he should be at the center. Now this is a nativity. Uh, the first nativity was uh, credited to a man in 1223 A.D., St. Francis of Assisi. He drew what it would have looked like. So today in America, we have lots of these through homes, coffee shops, and even uh, you would have seen these in front of government centers back in the day before I was born. But the culture war that's happened here in America, there's some of that has been taken away. But, but this set here, this has been with the church at least for over 12 years. And it's been a very loved set. It's, it's been glued many times. Um, but just to talk about the nativity as a whole, obviously there's Mary and Joseph. They left where they were from because there was a census by the Romans. And so Joseph had to go back to his own hometown in Bethlehem to register for that census. And when they got there, they found there was no room. There was an innkeeper that said, hey, we're booked up, but we have a stable, that's where they would have kept the animals, so you have the, the goats and the sheep here in their own animal, and then Jesus, he was, they actually put him in an animal food trough, lying in a manger. A manger sounds a lot better than it really was. It was really an animal food trough that they put him in. And then obviously you have the shepherds who, uh, who the angels appeared to that night, and, and there's a message in that all in itself, because he went to... He went to the working class, but he went to the bottom of the barrel. Those who were rejected by their own people, God wanted to share. No matter where you're at, he wants to share with you. In this nativity, I don't know how this is still functioning because he has broken hips. Um, can't glue that. So, and he also has bagpipes. I don't know. We just love putting American stuff into uh, the picture of how we think it should be. And most of it's white, which they would have had brown skin. Um, and then there's the wise men, and they look majestic. They actually wouldn't have been here when Jesus was born, because the star appeared when he was born, and they saw it, and it took them a while to get there. So it was about when Jesus was two years old, and they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Interesting fact, uh, those gifts actually allowed this family to live the gold, the frankincense, and myrrh while they were on the run in Egypt. So, you, so this is just a picture of what a nativity looks like. And I'm not concerned that it's set up in your home. I think it's good to have it set up in your home. We have one set up in our home. We have a lot of nativities. Um, some the kids can play with, some that they cannot, right? Um, and I'm not concerned that it's set up in front of a government building or in front of a church. What I'm concerned about is how is this set up in your heart? So let me explain to you, if, if we take Jesus out, he's still in the picture, but we just, we just move him for a minute. You know, we still, 
we still we call ourselves Christian. We're we're we believe in the way because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But if we put the shepherd there, the shepherd can represent our work, can represent our eight to five, can represent the work of our hands. And really, this is easy for me to do. I'm sure it's easy for a lot of you to do because it's, it's our social life and it's the best of our hours of our day. So for many times, we put so much into our work and neglect er- other areas of our life because we're just given the best that we have to give. And really, this doesn't bring fulfillment. There was a man that I had lunch with about 10 years back, and his son had passed away. He had another son that was a little wild and crazy. And, and he told me after his son died, I think it had been two or three months, but he said, Derek, I have, I have worked multiple jobs. I have, I have chased wealth, and I'm a wealthy man. But he said, but my wisdom to give to you is don't become like me because I can't get that time back. I can't retrain my son and my son is dead. He said, don't, don't put work first. Make sure you have Jesus in place where you should be and how to raise your kids. Don't be like me. It's important that we, we don't put, we don't have things out of order because really this is about life working right. Now, when Jesus is at the center It doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble. But Jesus has the answers to life. They're found in him for every circumstance. So let's move him. Let's do a different one. If we put the wise men here, and really, they kind of look like they should belong at the center. If you don't know anything about the Christmas story, I mean, they're tall, they're big, they're beautiful, they're wealthy. And really, this could represent either the pride of life or wealth and materialism. And I don't have to tell you, this preaches to yourself, if you chase after this for fulfillment, you're not going to be satisfied. I I don't have to say much about it because you, you can't take stuff with you into the kingdom. Now, it's good to have stuff. It's okay to have stuff. But that stuff shouldn't be at the middle of everything. The stuff is also to be a blessing to others, just like the wise men, they gave their treasure. Now let's do this one. This one may actually seem right or sound right. You put Mary and Joseph in the center, and we could say, well, family first. And it sounds right. We hear that all the time in our culture. But there's a problem with that. Jesus said this, and it sounds a little harsh, but he's, he wants to be Lord of everything, And he said, if you love your father or your mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. And sometimes what we do in these relationships is we put unreal expectation on people in our life. And you may have the same, someone else may have the same relationships that you have and the same people that you have, and you're not pleased and you're upset at them because you may have placed unrealistic expectations on people because we put them where they shouldn't belong. We want to put people where they should belong. We want family close, but family shouldn't be at the center. Now I'm going to do one maybe you didn't think of, which is let's put these animals at the center of it. Hey, some of you do have the animals at the center of it, because I've seen Instagram. (laughs) But let's say that they represent joy. Our animals bring us a lot of joy, and they're part of the family. But let's say this represents something that 
that we look forward to. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it is a sporting event. You know, we just started basketball with three of our girls a few weeks ago, and I was I made it before my daughter's game, my six-year-old's game, but the game before that, my wife and mom told me, you should have been here, you should have seen what we saw, because the coach on the team for the game right before Elsie played, they said she was going up and down the court screaming, get the ball, get the ball, quit picking your nose, get the ball, move, move, move. And uh, who knows, that lady, she's a coach, but they're six-year-olds right? She put her will and her emotions in the hands of little kids. And I don't want to put my hands in someone, my, the emo, I don't want to put my emotions in the hands of a 19-year-old who plays for Notre Dame, because they let me down all the time. We don't want to put our hands in the Colts. We don't want to put our hands in something else that shouldn't be at the center of everything. And my job is to help people put things back where they should be and put Jesus where he belongs. Now we're going to look at a we're going to look at a verse in a book called Colossians. And you know a lot of the Bible is it's either historical or it's instructional. And so you may wonder why are the, some of the things in the Bible there in the Bible that aren't okay? Well, let me just give you a little teaching on it is that it's just historical. God is just writing what happened. God isn't saying it's okay. It wasn't something that was in his perfect will. But in the New Testament, there's a lot of things that are instructional and are beneficial to us and very practical, really. And so we'll be looking at this book of Colossians. The Apostle Paul wrote it. We'll be in chapter 1. And it's easy to read over this because it almost sounds poetic, but it says this, starting in verse 15, He, speaking of Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. So what happened was God, God is invisible. We can't see God, but God said, I'm going to do something. I'm going to put flesh on it. So he sent his son Jesus and to help you, you may not understand even why this Christmas God sent Jesus. This is what has happened. Mankind has sinned. Now, sin is just wrongdoing. It's God's standard that has fallen short. And so what happened is we've all sinned. Either we haven't loved the Lord with all of our heart or we haven't loved our neighbors ourselves. I could also list the Ten Commandments. But what happens is when we break that law, this is the moral law, when we break that, it brings separation with God. Now, you might say, well, there's lots of laws in the Old Testament. Yes, there are, but those are either ceremonial laws or they were laws just for the Jewish people so they'd be set apart and holy and not like the, those around them. But the moral laws affect everyone on earth. And the Bible says everyone has sinned and fallen short. So we were in this relationship with God and what happened was sin brought separation, Romans 6 says, and it brings death. And that word in Greek is physical and spiritual death. So now there's a chasm between us and the Most High God. And no matter what we do, no matter how hard we try, no matter what we do that is good, we can never get back on our own in relationship with God. 
So what God did was he took a virgin and he said, the Holy Spirit's gonna come upon you. The power of the Most High is gonna overshadow you and you'll have a child and he'll be called the Son of the Most High God. The reason that Jesus qualifies, one of the reasons he qualifies to pay for our sins is Jesus' father was not a man. His father was God. He was the seed of the Holy Spirit. The seed of sin was not in the Savior. That's why he came. He lived and he died for your sins and mine. And John chapter 3 says that for those who believe upon him, they shall be called children of the Most High God. But to those who do not believe, the wrath of God will remain on that person. It's important we understand and we believe. Going back to the scripture, though, it says in verse 16, For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, whether, uh, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and he holds all things together. You know, sometimes why things don't work right is we don't go to the manufacturer for the answer. Jesus is that. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then moving on, in John chapter 1, it says, and the Word became flesh. Jesus is the Word. He was with God in the beginning. He is God. He holds the key to the answers of how to, how to deal with struggle, how to deal with pain, how to deal with hurt, how to walk through this life. Verse 18 says, and he is the head of the body of the church. He's the beginning and the first, firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. I want to focus on that word supremacy. It's important that Jesus is supreme in our life. Now that starts with submission. That's not a popular word in our American culture, but it's true. We're supposed to submit to God. The Bible says to acknowledge him in all of our ways and he'll direct our path. We have to submit. And my challenge to those of you who are here and you come to church, you call this place home to make this whole thing practical is get involved. Next year in 2024, go all in. You know one of the reasons why Christmas is so brilliant? It's at the end of the year, so we can focus on Jesus right before we get to a new year. Let's let our New Year's resolutions be about Him. Let's read our Bible, go to a life group, uh, get, go to the growth track, get involved, serves one another. We'd love for you to do that. But first, if you don't know Jesus, you have to come to know him because he's at the center. He is the answer. There is no other answer. The world will tell you you can get to God through Buddha, Muhammad. You can get to God through Islam. You can get to God through everything else. It is only Jesus, and I will die for that because he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Understand today, that Jesus loves you and he's for you. He lived and he died so that you could have, you could have a relationship with him and the Father. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us, share with a friend, and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Our mission is simple. Come to life, connect to grow, find your purpose, make a difference.
Thanks for listening to the Life Church Podcast.